Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Welcome to another edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness. It's a podcast produced by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan for our pastors and leaders in this of this great state of ours and for others within our Baptist Zion. And we do this to encourage and to inspire and give a little information about what's going on and how we can better together punch holes in the darkness. I'm Tim Patterson, your executive director treasurer at the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, and I happen to be your host today. And today we have one of our leading pastors within uh, the great state of Michigan with us and our uh, uh, denomination here, and Ed Emerling. And Ed pastors over in uh, Flushing area. He pastors Westside Baptist Church. Ed, glad, so glad to have you with us today, my friend. Thank you. It's great to be here today. Well, Ed, listen, what we're going to do, I, I just want to know a little, I know about you and I understand who you are and where you're from and all that, but uh, maybe some of our listeners do not. We want them to have the opportunity to get to know you a bit better. So tell me a little bit about your history there at Westside and how you got there, what's going on, and we'll talk a little bit more about what's happening after that. Well, I, I grew up in Flint, Michigan, and I actually was born attending the church that I pastor now. And <laughs> I attended there most all of my life. Um, there was a short period of time when I served in another one of our local churches here for a year, year and a half. But most of my life has been spent at Westside. I was a volunteer youth minister as a young adult there. I worked at General Motors as a skilled tradesman for 10 years and uh, volunteered as a youth minister. And Felt God calling me into a more vocational ministry and left General Motors in uh, 1997 to go full-time at Westside as an associate pastor, served for five years there, and then became pastor in 2002, just celebrated 20 years here at Westside. Now, was your dad the pastor of that church during that time? Uh, no, my dad was not the pastor. He, uh, my grandfather started the church in 1956 and left in 59. Uh, my dad served in that church um, as a volunteer music minister for, I think, over 30 years, came on staff for a few years, and then left to pastor a church across town. And when he left, that's about the time that I came on staff and started ah, Okay, so that's the connection. I'd heard a little bit of that story, but I wasn't for sure about all of that. Now, another interesting thing about you, Ed, is you've recently married. Your uh, your wife had passed away, uh, and uh, there came about this young lady and within your church, and you have remarried. Tell us a little bit about her and your family. All right. Yes, as you said, in, in 2014, my wife passed away from cancer um, after 27 years, I believe, married. And um, we had three children. And then uh, a couple years later, I uh, married a lady in our church, uh, which I know was crazy. People told me I shouldn't do that, but it has worked out well <laughs> for us. Um, her name is Renee, and uh, she's a, a nurse uh, by trade. She works in the executive area now in her hospital. But uh, she had a daughter <clears throat> named Jana, who um, at that time was uh, 13 years old. And um, Jonna's father had passed away about six months before my wife passed away. And eventually, 
Um, I've now adopted Jana. So I have four children. I have five oh. grandchildren. And Renee and I are just loving life and just thankful that God brought our lives together. Well, it, it's really, it's really a cool story. Uh, and I think other pastors and people in ministry would, would find great encouragement from that. How that you just walked through all of that. There was a difficult time. No, no doubt about it. Very mm -hmm. difficult time losing a, a spouse of that many years. But then again, uh, being able to find someone that loves you and you love them compatible and happen to be in the same church. What a deal, man. That's uh, <laughs> that's an amazing thing. And she had not been really connected with ministry, so to speak before. And so she was kind of thrown into being a minister's wife or a pastor's wife just really quickly there. Yes. You know, she, she, we were actually laughing last night um, about, we were talking about praying. We we're getting ready to pray together. And, and we we're talking with some friends, texting in a group we have right now. And, and, and we were talking about how God answers prayers. And, and Renee responded uh, in that group text that my, my God goes exceedingly abundantly more because I prayed for a Christian man and he sent me a preacher. <laughs> And yeah, well, she's a sweetheart and, uh, you, you guys are such an example, uh, as a couple and uh, leaders in a church. And I hope others will emulate your actions and your attitudes about those things and find great encouragement, uh, that God can do great things out of the, some of our most difficult times in life. Amen. So and, you listen, know, brother, you've Tim, done I was really encouraged in my, in that journey there, um, uh, by the, the passage of scripture that says uh, to live as Christ and to die as gain. And, you know, when my wife passed away, we really, I really applied that, you know, it, it was for her gain. And I, I tried to use that to encourage myself, but, but God showed me just several months into that, about nine months into that journey of grief, that that verse was not just for my wife who had passed away. That verse was for me and that, that, that to, to live as Christ and, and God really challenged me. Okay. You've been grieving but it's time to live for me now. Um, and, and, uh, to die as gain is the way we look at that verse most often, but to live as Christ is just as great as to die and gain heaven. Uh, absolutely. And, and uh, there are many who grieve during this time. And of course, this last couple of years, we've had exactly. just kind of an inordinate amount of death. You've had deaths in your church and so forth. And, uh, it's only really those who walk through that or walk through that with other family members that, they're the ones who have the best ability to comfort and care and uh, give words of encouragement. And I can get, like I've said, I, I, I just see how God has worked all of this, the good, the bad, the ugly pulled us together and worked it out for our good and his glory. That's a, that's an amazing thing that God does in our midst. Amen. Well, listen, you are, you're really a good pastor. I've watched you and, and I've uh, listened to your preaching and, uh, I'd never got bored in any of it. And, and no, seriously, you just, you really do. You're a great communicator in your church, but here in recent, recent months, your church and you particularly, uh, have seen some things transition in the area of your association or your group of churches around you, or that cohort of churches, you might call it, uh, and one of the things that has happened is we've seen a, 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 a ministry that we call Be the Church kind of be placed in the same practices and principles in doing collective 
associational group work with churches. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'll, I'll be glad to explain some more about it, but I'd just like to hear it from your perspective. What has taken place and how did all that happen? Uh, and what are some of the results of it in being the association that God's called you, you and your churches to be? Well, yeah, you know, uh, a couple years ago, um, our uh, association, what we call Director of Missions, told us that he was going to be retiring soon, and that he felt like that God was leading our association to kind of rethink itself and how we function. And so we as pastors who, we had a group of pastors, about eight or 10 or 12 of us on big days, that met every Tuesday to pray together and share together. And we began talking through what it might look like to redream our association. And you know, as we we did that, we we covered a gamut of of ideas. By the way, you know, in in the very beginning, we were very strongly committed to hiring another full time director of missions, and and um, and so we kind of were hard nosed about that part of it. And but as we looked and talked and prayed through that, we kind of came up with some ideas that that might be different, and we had not seen people do um, before. And we even entertained the idea of a part time and you know half time and all kinds of different ideas came about, but as, as we came through that and we're wrestling through that and kind of getting a vision for what it might look like, what if we had a couple pastors fill that role on a part-time basis? Um, God was doing a work across our state over in the, what, what we consider the Christian promised land of Grand Rapids um, over yeah. <laughs> there and, and some other people's hearts who God was giving them a vision of what it would look like if, if, if churches came together, pastors came together and really were, would be the church together and not compete with one another. And, and, uh, and so somehow, honest, honest to goodness, probably you um, are, were the connecting factor for that. You kind of heard about both conversations and brought our lives together. Um, with Be the Church organization, which was in its very infancy at that time. I mean, just really just a pastor and his um, associate that had kind of dreamed this up and, and thought through it. And, and so we, you put our lives together, we crossed paths there and have been connected ever since. And um, our association had different, had several ideas. We wanted to meet together and do more than just meet on Tuesdays with this big group, but wanted to bring in more people and how we might do that. And so we had ideas how to do it. And be the church really helped put a real organization to that. And, and, um, and so we now um, have uh, partnered with them as our state convention has to, um, to help us um, drive forward in leadership and spiritual development um, and uh, fellowship um, and partnership um, of our churches and our, our association is 29, 30 churches any given month. And, um, we uh, right now uh, we we started meeting with what we called cohorts. Um, that term came from be the church. We had talked about groups of pastors. Basically, that's what it is. It's a group of pastors that meet together um, monthly. Um, but be the church helped us be very purposeful about that. And over over the decades, there were pastors who said, "Man, you know, I appreciate coming together on Tuesdays and praying together." But, but I, I need more than that. And, and they were going outside exactly. of our association to find more than just people to pray with. Um, and, uh, and Be the Church has helped give us some curriculum in leadership development um, to help us come together that way. And we have found last year, we started uh, mid-year um, with two cohorts of six or eight pastors each 
and we would meet together monthly. And we found out immediately that, that, that as we grew together, um, talking about what it was to lead a church through change, what it was to press on through the hard times and, and deal with splinters and real life issues that uh, during COVID, especially, we were all dealing with all of these issues. We right. found out that a camaraderie came and all of a sudden we were all cheering for one another and not competing anymore. And when one of them, one church had a need, the other six or seven churches in that cohort were going, dude, let's help meet that need. And, and to be honest, and I grew up in this whole area and this association my whole life. And, and I think we've always been considered a strong association, but we have never seen that kind of camaraderie just gathered together going, I'm cheering for him across town. Actually, sometimes I'm cheering for him right down the road from me, three or four miles. And together, um, we came together and, and uh, we actually made a pretty big splash in our county. Um, during COVID, we, we did some care boxes together. Um, and every nurse in our county and the county next door um, on each side of us, every nurse in the hospital Every nurse aide, every doctor, every technician um, was blessed by a care package that, that was placed in their area um, you know, of work. And it was just little things, snacks and things like that, and prayer cards that we put in there and things like that. But we could have never done that. And I, that kind of came out of our cohort ideas. And then even more churches jumped in that weren't in the cohort. And you know, before it was over with, um, it was quite a deal on Facebook, even in our community groups and things, not our church pages, but in community pages and nursing pages that these churches are actually caring for us. It, it sounds like it just kind of changed the whole atmosphere and trajectory of what we would call associational work. Hey, folks, we'll be back in just a minute uh, with our conversation. But before we get back, I want to talk a little bit about SEND Network Michigan. You know, we have partnered together with our national organization, the uh, North American Mission Board and their SEND Network. And we are as part of that SEND Network here in Michigan. And there's many things that God has given us the opportunity to do in planting churches, helping strengthen churches, and just reach out beyond our four walls and get into the world that God has called us to reach. So if you want to know more about what it means to plant a church or to be part of planting a church and maybe supporting others that are planting churches, just contact us and say, hey, I want to know more about Send Network Michigan. And we'd love to tell you all about it. A lot of those funds that churches give to an association or through an association, those are used to help provide for personnel and buildings and support personnel and all those kind of things that takes to run an organization that is structured like that. But that changed, didn't it? It shifted. Tell me a little bit about that. And and it really did. And and even that was kind of an evolving thing for those couple of years as we wrestled through that. We had a building, we had a full-time director of missions, and we had a part-time secretary. And throughout all of that, um, in the midst of that, we sold our building. We have, uh, we now have two, myself being one of them and another pastor being another, I'll call it part-time, but it's more of a stipend type position. Um, 
And, and so by doing that, um, we had always been a pretty strong um, association in church planting, but this now freed up money to put into our local churches who were already established, who many are struggling. And, and our budget um, before was primarily about 80% salaries, 85% salaries. Um, and, and the rest was almost building a very little ministry money. We were just there uh, to gather people together, but we couldn't really participate financially. And now our budget is uh, uh, a little over. We want it to be one third church planning, one third, team, one third community and church engagement, and then one third for administration, staffing and all of that. And right now yeah. we're, we're a little over. We're about 40% church planning because we didn't want to cut into that church planning budget. Right. I understand. Um, and then um, we are um, about uh, 25% um, of our budget goes to church and community engagement, which just to give you an idea, before was about $3,000 a year and now is $20,000 a year. Yeah. Um, our Huge church difference. planning budget went from 30 to $36,000 a year. And before that 36,000, we were always drawing from savings. We had savings from buildings we inherited and all kinds of horrible things that were happening, but it was a blessing to us, but we never could really afford that 30,000. And this year, um, 2021, we finished the year without having to take any money out of savings to fund church planting. Um, and we were able to pour into several churches. We were able to bless one of our newer churches that is at the very end of its church planting um, in partnership with Send, um, um, Send Network and the Baptist Day Convention of Michigan and Be the Church and our Genesee Baptist Association. We were able to bless that church with a $10,000 grant towards a project that they're working on. And, and so right. it really has freed up money um, for us to invest in the churches and their vision that God has given them. Now, do you, do you feel like you have a better pastoral involvement from your churches now? Yes. More churches um, participate. We, we definitely, we are definitely seeing a, an uptick in that. Um, like I said, we started with two cohorts and we just started mid year. And by the end of the year, our cohorts had grown to 11 churches each, which is too big, you know, and right. now we are, uh, we have four cohorts in January. We launched two more cohorts and mixed ours all back up. And, um, and, and now we are at 24, 25 churches involved. Um, we have 30 churches in our association. We have about 20 of those, I believe. I should have looked up those numbers for coming on here today with you. Oh, that's okay. Have, I'm just trying to get an idea. Yeah. We have about 20 of them who are involved in the cohorts themselves and then we have five or six pastors who are what I would call not yet Southern Baptist. Um, <laughs> and so we're seeing this as an outreach and um, to, to grow our denomination because we have people who are like, what, really? This is what you guys do? This is what partnership looks and feels like? I'm interested. And we have several churches who are considering um, alignment with the Southern Baptist um, right now because of this. Well, you know, it, one of the things that you said early on it, that you became more purposeful in your meetings and that I think pastors are looking for that. We aren't, we aren't looking to be part of just an organization or a group. We want to be part of something that has purpose and meaning and is effective, but also efficient. 
I think all those things are part of it. And it seems like that you guys have kind of hit on something that really is that, and it's producing that it's giving purpose. It's giving, uh, meaningful relationships. It's also, uh, doing so in producing things that are effective and also seems to be much more efficient in using, uh, the, uh, the resources that God has stewarded us with. So I, I see that as a, as a great, uh, uh just a, great opportunity for hopefully other churches and groups and associations, uh, whatever they may call themselves as they come together, that would be, uh, I think it'd be something very helpful for the rest of them as well. If you, if you were to talk to another, let's say, uh, association or group of churches, is there any one bit of advice or a couple of things that you might advise them to consider if they were wanting to be more purposeful and, and, uh, more effective in what they're doing, is there something in particular that you would say, Hey, why don't you consider this or consider that? Uh, yeah, I, I think if I was helping them, um, journey, like we journeyed, um, the first thing that I would tell them is that nothing is sacred. Now, I say that with a little bit of fear there. Of course, our doctrine is sacred and those sort of things. But, but, but when you look at your budget, when you, when you look at your, the way you're organized, you have to be willing to throw it all away if need be. doesn't mean it all needs to be thrown away, but everything has to be on the table. Um, Correct. And, and, and for us, it took us a long time to dream through this um, and talk through and pray through. Um, which I think was beneficial, but we had some things on the table that were, were, were what we would call sacred cows. Like I said in the beginning, we were all pretty much in agreement. Um, we want a full-time guy. That's the only way to do this effectively. And we found out that it's not the only way to do it effectively. If you're yeah. not willing to do anything, then you probably won't do much. Yeah. And I think what you said is put everything on the table. Uh, there's nothing that is the, as we say, and use the term sacred cow that can't be sacrificed. We may just need to turn loose of some things and let go of them, uh, to do things better because things have changed as we all know, how we communicate, how we do ministries have changed with, uh, the changing of our culture and our, our social settings. Of course, we're, we're never going to change our commitment to the gospel and the scripture. There's certain mandate, certain things that are absolutely, uh, never going to be up for change or up for a grab. And so with that being said, we've got to be willing to give up and give in to let God do what he wants to. One of the things I'm hearing from this whole thing, and it's something that you hear me say and others say around here at the Baptist state convention of Michigan is that we can do more together than we can on our own. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you guys have found a key to doing things together and you can do more together uh, than you can individually and by yourselves. Uh, I, I think that's uh, really could be sort of the mantra for you guys that you yeah. really are doing things better together. Yes. And that's something we're recognizing is, is there's, there's no need to compete. Um, and we always say that, I mean, I would have said that in years past and have said that in years past, but, but this, the way that things have been organized here has, has really caused me to really celebrate my pastor friends and their church and their victories. And, and, uh, 
and but not just their individual ones, but it's caused us to have a bigger vision for something greater than any of our churches could ever pull off in in our in our area in our city, and to do something greater for Christ, so that 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 people will not look at my church or any particular church, but but look and say, wow, those people are with God. Yeah. And I, I think what's happening is we're finding more and more pastors who are comfortable in their own skin. That is who they are, what God's called them to be. Mm-hmm. And that they're learning to kill those egos, put those egos down and, and set them aside and say, you know, we really can do this together. And it, as long as we don't worry about who gets the credit for it, I believe God can do some great things. So Mm -hmm. that's what we're seeing in this. And that's why I'm so excited about what God's doing there in Genesee County, and particularly in uh, your ministry, Ed, and there in the ministry of Westside Baptist Church. Brother, thank you for taking a few moments this morning and and spending them with us and uh, talking about these visions and so forth. Love to have you back on sometime in the future and talk more about uh, ministry and what God is doing there at Westside and anything else you want to do. And by the way, uh, you and I are going off to Alaska here pretty soon. And uh, maybe by the time this comes out, we will have already gone and come back. But I'm looking forward to spending some time doing missions up in the North Country with you. Yeah, (laughs) uh, I'm super excited about that. It's going to be a good time. Well, folks, thank you for joining with us today in this uh, podcast of Punching Holes in the Darkness. We look forward to you joining us again with our next guest. God bless you. Have a great, great day. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.